to the challenge. Spies, lies, and allies. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Right Reality Podcast. Here we go, season 37 of the challenge. I am Steve. I am here by myself because we have a very exciting interview. A last-minute interview we had booked, getting ready for the season. We had lines out every which way, trying to snag the biggest fish we could, and we got him. We got Devin, guys. We got Devin. He he has been. We had been fishing for Devin for a while. If you know the show, we had reached out. He said he was going to do it. We tried to set it up. We didn't hear from him. He ghosted us, and and then we were just like, we're done with Devin. He's little Caesars to us at this point. And then and then we got a hold of him again. And he decided to do it. And we got him blocked in. That's about to happen. So stay tuned. We got a minute, just about a minute until we get to that. Uh, the other thing is after the interview, stay around. Stay around. Notes about what's going to happen on the show this season on our podcast. Maybe you will hear a new voice that will be part of our show this year. So stay tuned for that information. But uh, let's get to it, guys. Let's get to it. It's why you're here. It's why you're listening. If this is your first time listening to the Right Reality Podcast, thanks for joining. And where the fuck have you been? Where have you been? Listening to other podcasts? How dare you? How dare you? Just spit in our face. You just come for when the when the when the when Devin's here. How dare you? But that's fine. We'll take it. We'll take it. You're here now. Don't leave us. Please don't leave us. Uh, but we're here. Let's get to it. Everybody, the podcast that has been waiting to happen, the interview for many months, many seasons, time's up. Let's go! Coming to you live from the Big Brother Sucks VIP Lounge, ladies and gentlemen, Devin, you're here. It's been a long time coming. Got to be honest, I didn't think this day might come, but here you are. You had become the level of Little Caesars for a little while on the show. You were very high on our chain. We loved you, and then we, we got disappointed, we brought you down, and we shit on you but now you're back uh i i consider our beef squashed and i raise this beer to you sir ah. and and say and i'm gonna try to do my best let's go let's go very good thank you sir i am a tough one to get a hold of especially for interviews so <laughs> i i fully understand the uh the downgrade there but hopefully after this we can lift it back up very happy to be here thanks for having me and extremely excited that we have now officially kicked off the challenge spies lies and allies we're here this is your sixth season on the show um does the premiere night get any like less exciting the seasons you go on or do they get more exciting honestly i think they get more exciting um especially because now i feel like i don't have to do too much uh there was a point there where I got a little caught up in going out there and doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and I don't think I need to do that anymore. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with, you know, who I am on these shows and, and I'm happy to have had last season, double agents in this season um, to kind of build on that and to feel more secure in my character on the show. And then also, um, have that character become more and more like the reality of my actual life. Because um, for a while there, I was the worst 10% of my personality 90% of the time. And I think that I've dialed that back down a little bit. Um, 
and people are being receptive to it. So I'm very excited for this one. Uh, as am I. Uh, I'm excited to have the show back. I like that we get a little bit of a pause and we're not running things back to back, just like constantly going through. I enjoy the pause. It's given us here at the podcast some time to get excited for another show. By the way, great use of the right reasons, like great bachelor terminology you've thrown in there. We'll get to that yeah, in a little bit. Maybe your thoughts on the season. So I know you're a, you're a bachelor watcher there. Uh, so we'll get to that. But but speaking of the original, like what what you just gave me compliments for, which I appreciate the let's go. I think you were maybe the American pioneer of let's go on television. And I was always like, oh, that's a thing Devin does on the challenge. And now like LFG and let's go is seen in all sports. Everybody's saying it. It's like used between bros and like working guys. And I assume you're taking all the credit for this, correct? Well, actually, uh, I've got to give credit where credit's due. And there is a very famous um, scene from the Atlanta New England Super Bowl. Okay. Where Julian Edelman looks at Tom Brady and he goes, they're down 28-3. They're about to start the third quarter. Or, or maybe they go down 28-3 in that third quarter. Either way, he goes... Do it for your fucking mom, bro. Do it for your mom. And then Tom looks back at him and he yells, let's go in his face like several times. Um, that's where I got it from. Okay. Like I'd always yelled, let's go. But you'll notice that the timeline syncs up well there with then going on vendettas. And that's where it really became a thing. And I actually just answered a, I, I solved a feud between friends that in my messages, they said, one of my friends thinks Casey originated Let's Go. And I have said, absolutely not, it was you. And I said, yes, it was me. And they did a deep dive uh, and they found that yes, Vendettas did air in 2017. Casey's season of Big Brother was 2018 and Vendettas was pre-recorded. So it aired in 2017, but I actually have been popularizing Let's Go on the challenge since late 2016, uh, which does make me the pioneer definitely of reality television. I can't take sports as a whole because that one goes to Tom. Speaking of Tom, happy or sad last year? Stoked for him. Uh, and funny tie-in with the challenge I actually watched that Super Bowl in Mexico with Tori and Josh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the three of us were offered. Um, By the way, what a trio to go on vacation with. Especially after double agents. Oh, boy. Yeah. So this is some serious tea that you guys will. <laughs> um, it'll help tie some things together as you watch Spies, Lies, and Allies, uh, especially after this first season. I'm sure there's some questions. Excuse me. This first episode. So. Um, after double agents, me and Josh were eliminated together and we very quickly realized that we had been played, uh, because we spent three days or four days together in Iceland thinking, well, who is telling you this and who is telling you that? And we realized the best thing for everyone was to pin me and Josh against each other because we were kind of, um, you know, the leaders of two separate sides of the house. And it allowed a lot of people to fall into that middle category. So we had kind of squashed our beef there. Then we went on this vacation, which uh, Tori was very much a part of. And that coincided with the Super Bowl. So I'm having a blast. I'm watching Tom win a Super Bowl. And I'm sitting here with two people that it's like, 
why don't we just work together? And you guys are going to see how that unfolds for all of us. I, I mean, I, I've seen stuff about you talking about the beef being squashed. And I think if anybody like doesn't listen to this podcast, obviously, first of all, they're crazy. But now they have some more information about like, how did we go from what we saw, which was, you know, television gold. So thank you um, to like where we might be this season. And I think that's, you know, going to be one of the crazier talking points. I also want to start with this this quote that you gave to Entertainment Weekly where you said, quote, my inability to be quiet was probably my Achilles heel, and I went ahead and learned how to just shut right up, end quote. What? Huh? You? Believe it or not. Are you you playing us right now? Are you playing us? No, man. You're going to see it. You're going to see it firsthand. Listen, I love to be a crowd pleaser, right? And I love to be the person that says what everyone else is thinking. But you want to know who that benefits? Everyone else. Yep. It benefits everybody in the house and it benefits all of the viewers, but it doesn't benefit me, right? It benefits me because I get people laughing, which I like to do, you know, in that sense. So I do feel good about giving people a break on a Wednesday, long, stressful week. They get to watch me talk some shit. That's funny, right? But I think (laughs) what people would want even more than that is for me to do well. Um, and in order for me to do as well as I possibly could, I had to dial it down because it's if as you look through my seasons of the challenge, it's almost always been saying too much is my biggest issue. Um, and CT is a big fan of the phrase, not it, right? <laughs> he loves to say, not it. And I kind of learned that from him that it doesn't always have to be you, you know, and, and just because you want to say something, it doesn't mean you have to. And maybe you can even convince somebody else to say it. Then it still gets said. It's still funny. And you don't have a target on your back. Uh, and we're going to see again how that plays out this season. But, God, it was difficult. Yeah, there was that little, you know, Amanda emoji on my shoulder being like, tell them they're a moron. Speaking of emojis and gifts, are there any particular challenge ones that you use in maybe your group threads that you're just West like, getting hit with the shoe? So good, right? It's probably the number one gift I've ever seen. It's so funny. And it's so like practical. You you don't even need to be a challenge fan, but you could like meme the shit out of that thing. Oh yeah. It it, it just any scenario. So many, so many different usages. It's just a true classic. And he said, actually, right after it happened, he was like, all right, great. Well, I'm going to be a gift for the next 15 years. And it it might last even longer. 15 could be generously low. And I think the fact that it was CT throwing the shoe adds to the level of it, right? So funny. So funny. I can only imagine like Video Village and the producers in the corner being like, oh, my God, tell me we have that from Seven Angle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the editors got like a treat to like create this whole like just like symphony leading up to it. It was, you know, I I do love when they give us those moments where they're just like, oh, we're going to like we're going to let the editor have a long leash here to figure out what he or she wants to do with it. So. I think that there's going to be a lot of that style 
moments in this season because I have not done a season yet that was this visually stimulating okay in terms of missions and the house the cast it's just like everything was really cool looking um and i think they're going to use that and i think they're going to run with that and we're going to see probably the coolest looking show that i've ever been a part of i mean they've clearly stepped their game up in the last five years i would say and you know 100 we had this podcast have said for the last two years the pyro guy had his budget very much increased from previous seasons all the way up uh number one did he get a bigger budget again this year and two more importantly what dirt do you believe the pyro guy to have on production to be able to just raise his budget (laughs) whatever he wants because he's got dirt clearly guys i'm telling you the pyro budget is through the roof all right again you want to talk about detonation stations you want to play you want to play a drinking game okay oh we love a drinking game here Every time TJ says detonation station, finish your drink all throughout the season. Okay, that you you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, finding yourself with some empty cans. All right, uh, the pyro guy is big big budget haver over there, and as far as what he has to to get into that position, honestly, I think this one might be right time, uh, right place, right time. It's who doesn't love a good explosion and in slow-mo with a drone, like we're uh, talking drone, slow-mo pyro. You sold yeah. me. That should have just yeah. been the entire trailer. Don't show me anything from f- in the scene. Just show me drone footage of explosions and then just go challenge Wednesday. Get, re- get fucking ready. Done. 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 Uh, Emmys line them up. The quota <laughs> for explosions was met. I could just see the uh, the producing team in the corner. Like, I thought we had way more explosions than this. And he's like, just probably smoking a cig in the corner. You need more? I got, <laughs> I got more in the truck. I got way more in the truck. And if you need more, I know a couple guys. Just let me know. I know a couple guys. From your perspective, when you're filming one of these and the level of cinematography, the challenges themselves, um, just the production in general, do, do you feel, I, I think it's a weird term. Do you feel any sort of like pressure to maybe step your game up considering what they're doing for the show and maybe the legacy that that helps build through the show? It's a great question and a simple answer. Yes. I think in anything, when you see all parts of something going a hundred percent, it makes you want to go that much harder because you don't want to be the part that let everything down, right? It's like, all this is for us. All this was built for us to put on the best possible show. So we have this sick house. We have this really cool, um, you know, international cast. We we're, we're pulling from all over the world. We've got like the sickest equipment, the sickest locations, the best crew, the best, you know, cameramen, producers, um, the network is like giving them more freedom than they've ever had. So when you see all of that, you do not want to be the one that drops the ball. Yeah. Uh, And if you're someone like me and someone like, you know, Nelson, like Corey, like Kyle, like CT, like people that have been around, right. We recognize and pick up on that type of stuff because we've seen it not be that way. So to watch it be that way, we feel, um, you know, a certain level of responsibility to bring our fucking a games. 
Casting also looks like it's brought its A games. I mean, I, I don't watch Survivor. I don't watch Big Brother. I don't see many of these other shows. So to me, they're, they're unknowns. But doing a quick research, these aren't just like also rands from these shows. These are like no. winners, runners up, top three, the best of the past of, of this. What can you say about the rookies? Is it this the best bet, best batch that you've seen yet? And maybe how are they different than, you know, previous seasons of the type of people they're bringing into the show? Yeah, so it's tough to argue Theo and Turbo as as not two of the yeah. best rookies to ever do it. Yeah. But if there was a cast of rookies that's going to give them a run for it in the, in the la- in recent seasons, mm-hmm. it's this one. Um and especially on the female challenger side. Okay. So Emmy, Michelle, Michaela, Esther, Tatcha. I mean, these women are fighters. These women are smart. They are, they did their research. Um, Ooh, they're I love that. They're strong. Yeah. I love a good so, research game. I mean, we've said for years on this where people keep getting invites back that maybe us as the fans don't want to see. And maybe you guys also being like, how the fuck is so-and-so here again? What the fuck are we doing? And they're yeah. just people just not, for lack of a better term, stepping their game up, not training in the offseason. Fuck, if you were to tell me, like, every couple months you have the chance to go win a million dollars, I'd be doing everything. I'd be reading every puzzle book. I'd be going to escape rooms left and right. If I'm not good at swimming, I'd be, like, hiring fucking Michael Phelps. I'd be like, like, get me into it. So it seems like they, they have now been able to kind of figure out who we need to bring on the show to to kind of more evenly stack the female side, which I think sometimes has not been as equally stacked as the men's side. A hundred percent that, I mean, that's just true. And I get, I get some, you know, I guess negative responses when I say certain things about the level of competition on, on between the genders. But when you look at Casey and Tori mm-hmm. and they are like, in my opinion, two of the best that have ever done it. You got to give, you got to give them someone to make them bring their A game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and Anissa and Nani are, are monsters. Don't get me wrong, but there's just an Ashley two-time champ. Like this season, especially you went down the list of, of both gender sides and said, well, there's not really an easy out here. Right. There was, there's a few people that, I don't think knew what they were signing up for. Right. There's always one or two of those. That's hard to miss. But for the most part, 90% of these people came correct. And I think that people will look back on spies, lies and allies for years to come and say, that was the birthplace of, you know, some of our new favorite characters. And so I just hope that people are willing to give them a shot because I am a tough fucking critic. And no, I'm you right no, now, you. Oh, yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> I, there I, are some news to me, buddy. Haters. News to me over here. Yeah. Uh, we've seen an influx of these people coming from other CBS slash Viacom shows, you know, and and I think, as you were saying, people were immediately, hey, n- not on my show. Don't bring them over here. This is our little world. Let us have our own little world. 
But in some cases, they've worked out. They've become new fan favorites. Some of the UK people originally were like, we don't want any of them. I mean, you know, Kyle is one of my favorite people on the face of the earth, and I haven't met him. He just seems, con- con- you know, uh, incredibly entertaining because my dad's British as well. So I think a little bit of that British humor that he does. But what show do you think better prepares people to be on the challenge? Is it, d- does Big Brother better prepare you, or do you think Survivor, obviously knowing that you have not been on any of those shows and do you ever see maybe a challenger finally going to one of their shows and seeing what what it takes over there i don't think i think a square is a rectangle a rectangle is not a square in that sense right mm-hmm. i think you can bring people from uh survivor and big brother into the challenge but you're not taking people out of the challenge and putting them in those shows i i don't think um i personally wouldn't do it no beer don't get to have it. That's deal breaker. Uh, deal breaker out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm nope. enjoying one right now. Hey, have a can, my man. If I wasn't trying to, you know, drop a couple LBs right now, <laughs> I'd be on the same page. But I'm going to say I think that Survivor better suits you overall for this, for the challenge. Okay. Um, the people from Survivor, and I'm not going to name drop now. I don't want to get in trouble for any spoilers. But there were people from Survivor that were saying – this is paradise, right? <laughs> the rest of us are there like this is hell, losing our minds. And, and they're saying, and we saw this even with Jay, who was like, wait a minute, three meals a day, <laughs> bed. I'm chilling. Yeah. Right. So a pool. Yeah. A, a pool, two gyms, yeah. two saunas, a pool table. Like there's, there. Also, mind you, and I've said this in every interview, and I'm going to continue to say it in every interview because I want this to sink in for people. Romanian survivors five and a half months long, and the prize is $50,000. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Five and a half months. So that's, that's who they're bringing in. Survivors Spain, I believe it was three and a half months. Um, Logan caught, I think 210 fish, (laughs) right? Yeah. He lost, he lost his season of survivor because the fans did voted for the other girl. He would have won. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about like Emmanuel and Logan guys that have done, put themselves through that level of intensity. And that's a social game and a physical game. That's hard. Of course, Fessy, Josh, Casey are solid challengers. Yeah. Um, but I think when you start dealing with survivor people and you start dealing especially with international survivor people, it's a different animal. I mean, I we saw that very early on with Turbo, like him just being and, – and I was trying to explain this to people because we have a lot of people who listen to the show who may have never been outside the country. It right. is a different world over in Europe. Like – Oh, yeah. These shows that they put people on and like just the mentality and especially, you know, in, in certain parts of the world, like the way they think about things and the way they respect themselves and how nobody can mistreat them or speak ill of them. And he just came in and was just it just looked like he was on a different level. And mm-hmm. so I don't think people really understand that originally when they see these. They're like, oh, they were on a show over there. And then they come in there shocked. And to me, I'm never surprised by that. Because they're just on a completely different level sometimes on their shows. When you take the best of the best from any circumstance, you're going to 
get everybody else elevating their game. And I'm glad that casting did that because we, we definitely did, I think, take last year's crop of rookies, no offense to Leo or Michi, but you know, those weren't going to be guys that any of us were like shaking about going up against. And in this season, you're really bringing it in these missions to make sure that you can control your fate and you don't end up in there against one of these absolute monsters. What do you think is, I hate the question, we've done it before, and I think it's just a, it's a silly question to do at this point about a Mount Rushmore of the challenge, but if you were to build like a challenger with like certain attributes that you think are what you need in order to like survive and maybe some like, you know, extra stuff on it, who you kind of taking pieces from and kind of building a, a person from? Yeah, um, I'm going to go. So, right, it's, it's really hard to argue that you're taking Jordan's strategy mm-hmm. right off the bat and probably his endurance. Um, you're taking Johnny's patience. Very patient person, although that may not come off. I mean, he won the season they were in the bunker. He's just been conditioned in this game to, um, I guess, just deal with whatever comes his way. And has patience has a lot to do with that, right? Okay. Then you're taking, you're taking a lot from CT. I mean, you're taking the X factor, right? Just the thing you can't explain that just makes no sense how he's able to do something, but he just can fucking do it. Right. You're taking that you're taking puzzles for sure. Um, from CT, uh, you're taking, what are you taking from Durrell? Durrell's an interesting one. Cause he's incredibly well-rounded. So you're probably taking Durrell's ability to read between the lines. He's an incredibly perceptive person. Um, and he can see things that are going on in the game when not even being in a conversation. He knows how people move really well. Um, and I think then for me, you've got to take Wes's humor and, you know, his swimming for mm-hmm. sure and his humor because those things get you far in the game. Like Wes has – because his back has been against the wall from the beginning of his – time on this show with other people on the show he's always had to form new relationships and he's very genuine in those relationships and he maintains them outside the house so although he his social game hasn't been great in recent seasons i would say like humor social game and swimming ability from west and those are my top five on the guys side i left the girls out because i i'm assuming we're just talking about making a male challenger here but those are that's my top five i don't know if it's rushmore but my top five is you know jordan johnny ct Darrell, and wes when when it comes to the ladies side of this i feel like there's also um an ability for the ladies to to be and i don't want this to come off wrong but sneaky good in a way that we wouldn't give like a guy who might look like he's ripped and he's supposed to be on the challenge we would immediately be like oh that guy's gonna do well i don't think we do the same with some of the ladies i don't know feel if you feel it as well like they come in and unless it's just like an absolute monster of a person like Jenny came in and you're just like, oh, she was kind of 
born to do this as well. This is kind of what she does for work. This works. But do you also feel like sometimes the girls get like a, I don't want to say a pass, but can kind of fly under the radar a little bit easy, especially some of the rookie girls who might be just incredibly good at what they do? Yeah, I don't think there's any such thing as a free pass in this game. But I will say that for the most part, outside of some of the big names, Cam, Tori, Casey, Anissa, a lot of people play a, a really scared game. Okay. Amanda does not. No. But a lot of a lot of the female challengers, especially rookies, play a play a really scared game, and that's why you see in certain seasons the Caras. Um, you know when Laurel was around, the Laurels kind of running things because there is less people trying to take a shot at who they presume to be top of the pyramid, and on the guys. Uh, side, I think it's just more in our nature to be like, oh, you think you're the best? Well, I'm going to try to beat you. I feel like it's the opposite for the guys. Like, yeah, just coming in and like, oh, I have to make my presence known. And it's like, well, you don't. I mean, if you watch the show, you'd realize it's probably the worst thing you can actually do at this point. I've always said the best place to be in this game is in the middle. You're you're not on the ground. You're not like the person they think you're going to get thrown in every week, but you're also not right at the top, like winning every week. You just like want to kind of almost like cautiously not come out of the gate strong and just like also be an also ran. But you don't want to be too quiet because I also feel like then people are going to question who you are if you're not saying anything and you're going to miss out on all the stuff you need to know. Yeah, there's a very fine line of doing too much and not doing enough. And you don't want to be the person that is saying me, 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 but you you don't want to be the person that looks like they're making deals with everybody, right? Yeah. So I've always tried to make my my biggest strength and my biggest weakness is that I tell people exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. I call my shots. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do, right? And I think that especially after last season with the secret voting, mm-hmm. people got to watch that back. And people that were in that house, they got to see every single time I had an opportunity to lie, I told the truth every single time. Right. And that's, I've done that in this game over and over and over again, because I don't like to be a sneaky person in general and I have to make deals in real life. Right. So if someone watches this show and they're like, well, when there's money on the line, he's shady. And then I'm trying to make a deal that doesn't look good. So it's like, a, it's not necessary and B it would be negative effectively. It would negatively affect my real life. So I like telling the truth and it benefits me long-term. I'm just going to tell the truth. But I, what I learned is I don't have to tell everyone the truth. I can just tell certain people the truth and that's fine. Is there somebody that we might not see you usually being close with that you're, people would be surprised that you're super close with on the show? I mean, no one's going to be surprised now, but me and Josh are in a very good place. He's a, He's a friend of mine, um, and I think that people will be surprised at, at the way that me and Corey are able to kind of put last season behind us um, and maybe not necessarily be working together, but definitely not working against each other. Um, and I, I, put, I would put Nani in that same boat, like Nani and Casey in that same boat where we were never really working against each other. It was just they were obviously going to be kind of aligned with Josh, and I was not there, but – 
once me and Josh realized that coming together opened up all these doors for all of us, it was a no-brainer. So people are going to be very surprised at the way I play the game this this time around because I played it. I'm always play it smart, but this time I played it smart and without ego. Okay, that's a that's a bold statement, sir. That's a hot take. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've always been interested in the food of this show. We were talking about it earlier. How like Survivor people like three three meals? <laughs> okay, Done. I got a pool. Great. I got, yeah. I got a gym. Cool. Oh, and somebody's gonna come drive us to where we need to go. Fine. <laughs> Happy with that. I don't gotta walk on the beach. I get suntan lotion. This is great. Fantastic. With so many international people on this year, I, I always know you get you get food catered, but you can also like request food from you know if they have it in the country, you might be able to get certain types of chips or whatever you want. Was the, the did the catering like really reflect international? And what's like maybe a meal that you might have had on the show? No, you're already saying no, no, not international flavored at all. Croatia is a great <laughs> country but uh not not known for its cuisine i would say okay so the catering this year not one of the top things <laughs> great house bad food it le- levels out yeah and we i mean last season we had the a, a trash house and the best food ever so it's hard to get it right on both accounts but it was it's just like um a lot of salt Mm. and and a lot of repeat offenders it did get better it got better uh about well i'm not gonna date it but it got better as time as time went on um yeah but it, it was it was rough it was rough Talking hot dogs and eggs for breakfast, you know, chicken and broccoli for for lunch, which is fine. And then, you know, dinner was usually a a, some sort of weird fish or it was weird. (laughs) It was weird. It prepares you to eat the terrible food at some point on the show, which I still can't believe some people aren't ready for or they get upset that they have to do like that blows my mind. You know what you're signing up for. Eat it. It's very much like Bachelor. Like, have you watched the show before? Do you know what you're doing? Yeah. You eat the food. So my favorite part of the of the introduction, and people are just going to love Gabo because he is unapologetically Gabo. Strong name. What a, what a name for a television show. Dude, no one's ever looked more like their name than Gabo. <laughs> uh, he's a blockhead. I love the guy, but he's a blockhead. Uh, he he looks at the TV and he goes, "Who's that man on the TV?" <laughs> it's TJ. And it's like, bro, you're gonna have trouble. That man on TV. Oh Christ. Yeah. Speaking of TJ, is there? We we've interviewed him before. He was our guest on our hundredth episode. We were we were very honored. I think he was filming. Uh, two seasons ago, I think the um, when when he when he graciously called us and let us talk to him. What is and I everybody like wants I think the love of TJ in a way like tell me I'm doing good like give me love father. Is there a move like what is it that you know you've done something well in TJ's eyes? Is it a is it a you killed it? Is it like a nod? Is it a wink? What is it? Because we had. We've had people give different answers before. Mm, I honestly think it's something unspoken. 
Um, it you killed it gets thrown around quite quite often. Yeah. So that one that one wouldn't hold a whole lot of weight for me. Um, but I've had a couple conversations with TJ where he's you know essentially been like, I see you, like you're out here, you're going, you're yeah. going hard. After you take a hard fall, you usually get the respect to TJ if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't pack it in right away. Um, and just being kind of an overall, like, actually good person, someone funny, uh, someone that's bringing something to the show, like, that's the kind of people that I think he really respects is like people that have battled through adversity because he's gone through a ton. Like, I mean, we almost lost him there. So, for him to come back into now, I know he's doing this 5K a day thing. He's like, unbelievable. He just loves people that like, no excuses, go hard um, and and put it all out there. And that's kind of the, that's just how he is. That's his style. And I've definitely gotten a couple like little, little head shakes, little. That's exactly what other people have said. It's the, yeah. no words. He just looks at you and kind of just nods at you and you're like, oh my God, I've done yeah. so much to deserve that. Yeah, I don't have a whole I don't really seek a lot of validation from other people um cuz I really do just think that everyone's a person and like if you don't like me that's I like me so if you don't like me that's kind of on you. Yeah. Um but it is nice to get positive reinforcement from people that are in a position of power. Um and TJ's obviously in that position so it feels good but like if he didn't like me and I was still cool with who I am, it wouldn't bother me. I think for some people it would really bother them. And that might be another thing that I think just people in general can see. If you're trying too hard to impress somebody, it's very unlikely they're going to be impressed by you. My mom is a new fan of the show as of a few years ago, and each week she gives a take nice. on the episode. Um, I asked her to record a question and send it. I have not listened to it, so I have no clue what she's going to do. But here is Mom LaFranc's Question directly to you, Devin. Let's listen. Hi, this is Mom LaFrank, and I have a question for Devin. Have you always been this sarcastic, and does it get you into as much trouble off the show as it does on the challenge? Thank you. Bye. Great question, Mom LaFrank. Sounds like a very sweet woman. She is. And the answer is yes. Uh, (laughs) Very perceptive of you to pick up on that. Here's the deal. I have... Three older brothers. Mm, there it is. Sarcasm is kind of our love language in a sense, right? Okay. So I learned early on to have thick skin and to give it back when someone's giving it to you, right? Because if you don't, if you're just sitting there be somebody's verbal punching bag, it's not going to go well. Um, but I also am just kind of a sarcastic person in general because I think a lot of people are full of shit and I, I re- they don't like, thank God for Northampton, Massachusetts, because it has prepared <laughs> me for the level of shit that is crammed inside of people. Right. And most of the time it's the people that are doing the most talking that are the most hypocritical in the most, uh, and contradict themselves the most. And you cannot get in an argument with me if you are not fucking solid in your argument, because if you contradict yourself once, if you're being hypocritical one time, I'm going to exploit the fuck out of you because most of the time 
I know I know both sides of the argument, and I pick the one that is I believe in. So I know what you're going to say, and I know your side of the argument, and I know my side, and I picked my side because I think it's right. Yeah. So if you're not coming correct, you don't stand a chance. And th- this is a long-winded way of saying because people are so full of shit, I don't like to take take things too seriously. Because who am I going to take? It's like, why are we taking this serious? You're full of shit. <laughs> so that's where I think the sarcasm comes from is me just being like, okay, this is important to you, but like, it's not really important because we're like floating around on this piece of rock in the galaxy. It's like, come on, we're relax. It, it's one of the reasons I enjoy watching the show. Cause it kind of gives, I think all of us the ability to like escape via you guys for a little bit of time. And I think you said that earlier, like you understand people watching this as a, as a way of entertaining themselves and, and part of you, you know, you're, you're enjoying it. You, you understand what works on the show being on so long. And, and I think people really appreciate that. Uh, last year I did have an issue, not with you, but, and I don't know, there's probably only so much you can say about this. And so maybe I'll take the lead about this. So, um, how do you feel about the skulls? Because, I, I, again, I'm sure you're a big fan of the podcast. You've listened to every episode. But I'll refresh people's understanding if they're just tuning in the first time. But I felt like I felt let down when we were told, you got to get your skulls early. You got to get them early because there's only five. And then we had 75 fucking episodes of the show where they could be stolen back and forth, left and right. Yeah. And the idea, I understood the idea of the show to begin with. I understood why we were doing this. There was a big power play the season before where one side ruled the entire show it was very obvious what was going to happen every week so you need the skulls love the idea but then like make them actually be worth something if there's only five maybe only have one that could be stolen not all of them but i will also because we're all about we know production listens too so producers here's the idea if you win a skull and let's say you get thrown in again and you win yours is locked can't be stolen I was thinking a double skull. So this didn't play, but this is something that I did. Uh, Once I got my skull, so I had mine, Natalie had hers, and Kyle had his. And everyone was looking around, and they were just licking their chops, right? Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, we got to do something (laughs) to try to deter them from stealing our skulls. Right. So I made up this thing. I love it already. That we had been given kind of special information. The three of us left that house and just hid in the front where no one could see us for like 15 minutes. Okay. And then we came back in and we were like, yeah, just fucking chatted it up with TJ. And he told us, we told only one person. I think, I think it was Nani. I think we told Natalie to tell Nani. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect person to give it to. Exactly. I mean, I mean, how long did it take to get around? Seven seconds? Oh, it was like within like within like four hours, right. everyone was looking at us totally differently. I thought you were going to say by the time you finished talking to Nani, like before <laughs> yeah. it was over, everybody knew. She just looked at people and communicated via blinks or something. Yeah, it was that night that there was going to be another elimination. And so we had said, if we get called out, and you have a skull, you're able to trade your skull in to save yourself. And oh. you get to pick whoever you want to replace them. To, well, to replace yourself, right? So, wow. like, say you call me out or you send me in. Yeah. And I go down there and I've got a skull. It's essentially a get out of jail free card if I want it. Love it. It's very survivor. Yeah. 
love this idea. It worked for like two or three eliminations until everyone was like, well, when's CJ going to come tell me what my skull means? <laughs> I was like, uh, the jig is up know, everybody just, for themselves. Yeah. I was like, it must've just been for me. Uh, sorry. Well, cause we got the first ones. He told us to get them early and we really did get them early. You got them too late. I mean, he did say get them early. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Do you maybe left a note under your bed? That sounds very TJ. I, I do like the skulls and I and I like the idea of having to earn your way in. Um, I do as well. I do think that like any good idea, it could use some tweaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they're going to go back to the drawing board on skulls at some point. And, and as, you know, seasons develop, we will find a way because it wasn't like to go through an entire season having to protect it was incredibly stressful and it was really all for nothing. Right. It was like the name of the game was still don't go into elimination. And that, that was my biggest bone of contention. And I like, I went on an absolute rant on one of these episodes, but like, what are we doing? If we're saying you need them, you don't, you don't need them at any time. You could just wait around. Corey waited for fucking ever and still got one and got to go. So why is, and I go, the problem is you are now, if you run this idea next year, everybody goes, well, the, I don't need to go in. What's the use? And now we're back to the old system of avoiding, 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 which is fine, but it just gets old after a while. And then, it, then right. it becomes, oh, you get to go in now. Go get your skull. And I'm like, fuck, you were just fucking yelling at this person three weeks ago. Now you're like all on their team to get a skull because it's not you. Well, this season has got a couple uh, tweaks okay. that have made it incredibly cool. I like it. Um, and, you know, they, it, I just want you guys to put yourself in our position because when you think you have a, an idea of what this game is, we think we do too. Right. Right. So as you're watching, you're like, okay, I got this figured out. We're, uh, we're sitting there having fucking beers, hanging out, being like, oh, we're cool. And then you'll see, boom. Change. Love it. Dude, the changes like like big changes. Okay. So it's it's gonna be a fun one. That was the thing for me last year. I was like, it can't just be this. There's something has to like this seems very normal. It's just too normal. And I don't know if you guys felt that as well, but I'm like, I'm sitting here watching, I'm like, at some point and I don't watch the teases because they're very good about showing too much in the teases. I'm like, at certain point, something has gotta and then nothing came and I'm like, what what Huh? And that's when I got really upset. I'm like, what did we do this for? Like, yeah. we're just lying to everybody. I like that. I like that. We're, 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 is that, is that one of the things um, that you wish more people understood about the show when they're watching at home is just like, or, or what's the one thing or, you know, maybe the top two things that you just like, I wish more people understood this about what we do and what we go through. The level it's easy. There's just one and there isn't a close second. And it's the level of difficulty that it is to live in a bunk bed with 30 other animals for, (laughs) you know, 80 days. Yeah. So it's, it's very difficult. Obviously sometimes you're there for two weeks. Sometimes you're there for, you know, 10 weeks, sometimes you're there for four weeks, whatever, but you're in there and there's a lot of downtime. There's no watching TV. There's no reading books. There's no 
you know, writing in your journal. There's none of that. There is just you and 33 other people in this case that are all trying to win a million dollars and you're sleeping in a bunk bed and people fucking smell and the kitchen's dirty and, you know, people, you're waiting on the bus for a long time. It's hot. There's a lot of uh, stop and start. There's a lot of hurry up and wait. And just the mental toughness that you have to have to go through that. This is not like the NBA or, you know, Major League Baseball where you're in a five-star hotel. You go to the – you go, you get warm-ups. You know what time you're going out, blah, blah, blah. It's a routine. It's a routine. This is not that. This is every single day you have anxiety level nine that someone's going to stab you in the back or TJ's going to come in and turn the game on its head or you're going to get injured. Or you ate almond milk that, or drank almond milk that someone left out in the sun for six hours, and you're gonna have food poisoning. It's like you can't. It's there's like a lot of factors, and it's just it isn't all. Go to the challenge, do a sick challenge, go to the club, party, make out. Like that's not what it is. And especially for those of us in a relationship, it's very difficult to be away from from loved ones, from family members, from children. In a lot of people's cases. And they're balancing all of that with the pressure of this million dollars and with the understanding that eventually someone that they consider to be a friend is going to stab them in the back. Thinking back to your debut time on television with Are You The One, when you went on the show, were you like thinking, all right, this may open doors to other shows, like to use the Bachelor terminology that you used before, the, the right reasons? Did you see when that started where you are now was that ever like an idea that it could be here and how surprised are you that kind of this is where you are right now Mm. yeah so i never had cable as a kid um i didn't watch the real world or or road rules or the challenge really um i'd seen you know highlight clips at friends houses or an episode here or there whatever um but when I went on Are You The One, I didn't even know they were pulling from Are You The One. I didn't think there was going to be another opportunity after it. I figured this is cool. I turned down season one. I turned down season two. They called me for season three and they said, you know, you're 26. This is the last opportunity for it. We'd really love to have you. And I just gotten out of a relationship. I said, fuck it. Let's give it a try. Uh, I had no un- idea or understanding that it would, you know, go here and trust and believe when they called my ass for the challenge i was just as shocked as anybody else and my uh castmates were blown away <laughs> there because they did have this idea in their head there we go of let me go on here and stepping stone it to here and i just i mean on that show i was unapologetically devin like that was probably the peak of me really not giving a shit about anything. And honestly, on Rivals 3, I was very much the same way. I joke about this now, but um, someone who's very high up in production now started as my on my season as a cast wrangler, right? Okay. And I didn't realize the importance of being easy to work with, right? So they, they came to get me for an interview and – I wasn't ready and they were like kind of rushing me and I like had a freak out. I was like, no, fuck you. I'm not going. In uh, the first night, I refused to do my exit interview after I got eliminated. I just said, no, I'm not going to do it. 
So when they called me back to Rivals 3, and then, you know, I went and finished it, that's when I started thinking, all right, they must see something here that I'm not seeing. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm such a good fit for this. Team Princess was funny, but these guys are monsters. Um, and that's when I started taking things a little bit more seriously and, and training, um, not necessarily physically, but mentally and kind of, you know, sharpening my tools and harnessing my craft and being, I think that they saw that there was a void of a character kind of like me and, and I was happy to fill that spot. So after that one, even though Dirty 30 didn't end well for me, I knew I was going to get another shot and Vendetta's was really the turning point where it was like, all right, this is something that I could really kind of do for a while now. Yeah. Um, and thankfully the the calls have continued to come and I'm, I, in my opinion, getting better and better. So hopefully they keep coming and I can, uh, I can keep this ball rolling. So we, we talked about you, you brought up, um, rivals there you were a witness one of the very few people who were witness to top challenge moment of all time arguably which it's probably a one and two between that and the backpack um 100 can you walk me through because i don't i don't think i've ever heard you talk about that before maybe you have but as one of the few people that were there in the moment did you a see this coming at any point now looking back, you're probably like, oh yeah. And B, like just seeing it, the stuff that obviously didn't air, like what was that to experience so early in your challenge career to be like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. I mean, so great question. I haven't talked about it much. Did I see it coming? Absolutely. Why? Because Johnny and Vince told me they were both going to steal. Whoa, okay. When we were on the logs, we were on this up all night challenge and they were talking to each other and, and essentially were saying without saying, we're both going to steal. What are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm not going to, if she gets up there, I'm not going to take her money. That's yeah. ridiculous. Um, you know, she's gone through this whole thing with me. She's been my biggest fan this whole time. I wouldn't be here without her. Like she's a great person and a friend of mine. I'm not going to steal the money. And they both were kind of like, whatever. And so then they switched and I stayed out there because our strategy was, you know, shy, get as much rest as you can. Let's, let's just finish the drill tomorrow. Yeah. We are, we're not expecting to win, but we, we got to finish or we don't get the money. So they, Jenna and Sarah came out and I told her ass, do not get off this log. Because if you do, you're done. And she thought I was trying to psych her out. No. She thought I was trying to be like, hey, you should stay on this log all night long. So, so you that you're could win burnt tomorrow so we can. Be- no, I was like, yo, listen, they didn't say it like out outright. They didn't say it, but they pretty much said it. And you better stay on this log or they're going to take the money. And that um, challenge was worth two points. That check. Yeah. Yeah. That was the turning point. That yep. one was worth two. All the other ones were worth one. And he ended up winning four three. Yep. So if she beats him there, she wins 5-2. And I told her not to do it, and she did it. And I, as soon as they said what he, I was like, oh, I oh. know where this is going. And there's a little moment you could watch where I hit Cheyenne and kind of look at her, and we both smile because we knew what was coming. And it was like it was very obvious. 
to everyone except for her. Sarah did the early gloat. So in between checkpoints, we're traveling to we sometimes you get on um a bus or something and it'll take you to a different uh spot. Yeah. Um and on that one of those rides, she was like, I know the furniture I'm gonna get, I know the living room set I'm gonna have, and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. Oh. And I was like, This is the early gloat. Like, you're over here counting your furniture sets. That you A, you haven't won yet. And B, you better win these checkpoints because he's taking it. And you could easily roll an ankle. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, she's an interesting one because I really like Sarah um like 70 percent of the time and like 30 percent of the time i think she's delusional what's the is there anything she does in that 30 percent that's like specific to that 30 percent is it like trying to get everybody together for parties and things like that or like i know that's what a lot of people were like what is she doing she's trying to be like camp counselor sarah no 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 no. she's just she's she's one of those people uh God, I, this is going to be all over the place. So I'm going to choose my words carefully. Yeah, go ahead. She's um, she's 30 percent full of shit. Okay, and I say that because she was all, you know, anti-bullying and you know this and that, and Johnny's a bully and Vince is a bully and, and Jenna's a bully until she was in with the cool kids, right? And then as we watch those that season play back. There's there's plenty of opportunities for her to step in and be like, hey, what you guys aren't doing is or what you guys are doing isn't cool. Like you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But she was already in. So she didn't care about what was right or wrong once she was on the side of of the people that were being mean. But when it's happening to her, she cares so much about it and everyone should be, you know, nice to each other. That to me means you're full of shit. I stand my ground. I, I pick very carefully what I stand up for and what hills I'm going to die on. And I do not waver. If I'm wrong, I'll admit I was wrong, but I don't care if you're the cool kid or the not cool kid. If you're right, I'm going to side with you and I'm going to hold that position until the end, no matter who's trying to come at it. And she isn't that way. She's like a flip flopper. As soon as he did it, you, you clearly knew it was going to happen. Was there stuff that, I mean, obviously you probably had to get, taken out of there on some sort of motor vehicle device and stuff like that. Like, no, dude, we had to walk down the mountain because it took me and Cheyenne, bro. It took me and Cheyenne so long to get up there that they couldn't have the helicopter come pick us up because it was dark. So we had to walk down. (laughs) Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. It got to the point where they were like, they literally a camera guy was in front of us and he was radioing down to uh, video village and saying, they haven't quit yet. You want me to keep following them? <laughs> it took us like five hours to climb that mountain. Oh, shit. I've always wondered that. Like last year, it looked like the last year's final, which looked like absolutely incredible. And Amber B just monstered that thing, which in a way that yeah. I don't think anybody ever thought she could. And I'm like, it seems like they've been going up for a long time. How the fuck are they getting down from that? Did they want, do you know anything about that? Were they choppered out or anything? You know, I I don't know, but I know we had to walk our ass down and pretty much in the dark. Yeah. Like little tiny baby flashlights in front of you and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, that we're all at the same hotel. So it was, it was definitely awkward, but did you see her at any point after that, after what you, what you guys filmed, did you see her at all after that? 
I've seen her recently. Yeah. Um, but I had I didn't see her that night. She I think she just went upstairs and was chilling by herself. Uh, the rest of us went out, but um, you know, obviously this is pre-COVID, so we would just after you rap and you're done, you go and you party. Um, and we we all went out, had a good time. But you know, I feel for I understand that's a tough that's a tough situation. I feel for Hunter too. I mean, he had well, a half a milli stole from him. Yeah, he did. Well, half a million, you came in halfway, so you know we can discuss that as, as something. Fair, that, you know. I feel like you're a quote machine. I enjoy it. We do. Each week we have a couple nominees of Quote of the Week, and it seems to be when you're on the show, you're usually in the conversation for Quote of the Week, so congratulations on that. I have pulled a few of my recent favorite ones, and because we're post-Olympics, I'm still in the Olympics mood, I would like to give you four quotes of yours, and I want you to rank them in gold, silver, and bronze, and also ran things. So we're, we're going to start um, with, with kind of a longer one, but we're, we'll, we'll start. I'll play each. You tell me like a little bit about it, and then I'll play the next one. So we're going to start with uh, this one right here. Kyle, I can't understand my partner. I don't know what she's saying ever. She wants to blame it on the pawners. It has nothing to do with the pawners. <laughs> Her mouth is moving. I'm getting zero context. My partner is an incredibly fit infant. Devin, incredibly fit infant. If that's not your clothing line in a couple weeks, we're stealing it. I'm just letting you know, okay? Oh, man. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love Nicole so much, but there is a language barrier there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the same thing. Wes has said this several times about CT, too. Like, after he's had a few, it, I I can understand him much better than I can understand Nicole because I have a lot of family and friends from Boston. Uh, so I know what he's saying, but I could see someone like getting confused by that. Nicole, I legit, I genuinely didn't know what she was saying most of the time. Uh, so that's number one. Here's number two. This is a short but sweet one, and it's about your new friend Josh. Josh, if you jealous of my sweatsuit, you can ask tomorrow. If you are jealous of my sweatsuit, you can ask to borrow it. Well done, sir. <laughs> That was a classic. You know what's funny about that whole argument, too, is I swear to God, I had never met Josh really before. We didn't talk in the airport or anything. Um, and we kind of had avoided our, each other in the house. That was like level one trolling for me. You know, like the things I'm saying are ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a warm up. It's it's like the you're putting it on the the chew position on the treadmill just to get ready. Yeah, it's like good stretch for you. Yeah, I was like I was warming up. Like I thought we were gonna go next level with that, and I was like I didn't even need to take off like the warm ups. No, no, you didn't need to pull away your basketball pants. You still had the full warm up on. Yeah. Headband was still on. You you probably still you know you, maybe you got the warm up shoes on at this point. The, the, they weren't laced up. No, I was like because I'm used to like fast, quick, like banter, like back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't think I was gonna be like Big Brother sucks. Do you want to borrow my sweatsuit? What's eight times nine? And then blow up. Amazing. Like, I was like this is 
Easy. These are, I don't know. Fish in a barrel at that point. And he was <laughs> like, I, I, and I was just like, I was like, these two are perfect for what I enjoy about these things. Because it, it, you might have well just said your entire family are pieces of trash. That he reacted the same way. I think right. all he hears is that in his head sometimes. It's just this person I don't like is saying something. They have probably said something terrible to me. I will react in that fashion. Yeah, the one the, it's 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 a ten. It's a ten reaction every time. Yeah. Okay. Here here's our third one. I'm gonna see you in the ring. Yeah, I'll see you there. I'm gonna see you I'll there. See you there. I wouldn't hope okay. that this is physical because oh. you'll get smashed. Smashed. All t- that's one of my all time favorites. The the second smash, whether that was set or edited in, I don't care. Amazing. Smashed. Classic. That was uh that's that's vendettas in the in in the call out of Johnny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Leading up leading up to it, yeah. That one was really interesting because the whole season it had been like when all right, when when's my time gonna run out? And it and I was lucky that I had had Kyle and Tony in the tribunal several times and they kept calling me down just to make me pack my bags. So I was in that. If you go back and watch that season, me and Kyle still joke about this. They called me down into interrogation or whatever it was called eight fucking times in a row. I had to pack my bag eight times in a row just because they want to fuck with me. Yeah. Just a camera person like, Hey, Folding the same clothes again. Right. It was so bad. And that was, yeah, that, that one was, that, that was funny because I knew like at that point too, I believe it or not, I'm a seasoned, uh, multi-sport athlete in a sense. Right. So I played basketball, lacrosse and football for a decade apiece. Yeah. Um, and I played lacrosse and on the next level briefly. So I was, I know what it's like to compete and I just knew like, I've got an edge on this kid. So that I really meant that. Like if it was physical, if it was, you know, balls in or hall brawl or something like, I don't, I don't hate my chances there because it's anytime you've got everything to lose and nothing to gain. You're in a, at a severe disadvantage and so I was playing with the house's money and I was thinking, I know my skill set and I know I'm like I'm stronger than I look. So I'm thinking if this is physical and he's going to come in on, and like and not think I'm going to try to body him, he might get worked. I also think some people um, who have done this for a while get very overconfident and be like, yeah. I've done all of these things. I'm good. I faced big, stronger guys than him and I've won. But sometimes luck's just not on your side and it doesn't go well. So. But I could tell at that moment, I was like, oh, he, this is not, this is pure, I, I'm feeling it. This is not just me saying something at this point. There's sometimes you can tell when people are like kind of saying something to say something. And I'm sure, right. you know, you've seen this on the show as well. People are like, I'm ready to go in. I'm like, no, you're fucking not. You lying sack yeah. of shit. You are pissing your pants right now. Don't, don't lie. <laughs> we all see this. You were, understand there's a TV camera in front of you. You're lying. We know that you you just said three seconds ago that you weren't excited to do it. So, but I, I felt you. And then here, here's our final one. This is, um, I think this is my all time favorite, especially the end. 
I'm pretty difficult to deal with when I don't have power. Imagine how difficult to deal with I'm going to be when I do have power. Why? Can't help it. I love chaos. Big chaos guy. Big chaos guy. Again, yeah. another, I'm, I'm just trying to help you. Clothing line, big chaos guy. I'm just saying, like, opportunities are abound with big chaos guy. Are you a, still a big chaos guy? So it's actually, it's funny that you mentioned clothing <laughs> line too, because where Devin Walker is actually live. Whoa. Yeah, it's actually live in Big Chaos Guy is a product that we offer. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if Big Chaos Guy is up yet because we're going to see. We're, we've got a few. We got what we have. What's eight times nine out? We have I am an introvert out. Oh, I, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, we've got some fire ones up there. Um, the Japanese Let's Go is an absolute hitter. Oh, I really enjoy that one. Yeah. Yep. So big chaos guys should go up there um, as well as a couple other. Well, I don't want to I guess I don't want to say what they are yet. But yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll hold those. We, we got to wait for the new the new drop, as the kids say. Yeah. The new drops. The new drops are going to be lit. So, yeah, <laughs> I would actually agree with you. I would. Mm, mm, I don't know. I'm going to say the the I can't understand my partner rant is probably gold for me. Okay. Um, because it's honest, and it was even I was laughing when I watched that. <laughs> then I'm gonna, which go is a true big, sign of like a good funny soundbite, is if you can laugh at your own stuff. Right. I'm gonna go. Big chaos guy gets the silver. Um, that leaves us with the sweatsuit and the smash. God, the sweatsuit was good, but there were. I think there were better quotes in that rant okay so i'm gonna go you'll get smashed bronze and unfortunately if you want to borrow my sweatsuit you, uh, you can just ask then that you know that or if you're jealous you can ask to borrow it that one is not going to meddle in this event okay uh, it's gonna have to save itself for the 400 <laughs> might have longer legs when it the four by one when it adds up with its other friends from that same rant yeah the four by one exactly there we go there we go uh, so our very last things here are little true false thing. We have four true falses, and then we'll get out of here. We'll let you go. Uh, the first sure. one, true or false, your Instagram would be considered a thirst trap at some point in your life. True. <laughs> Tell me, it's a literal advertisement. You want to talk about thirst traps? Just get ready because this little speedo situation that you got a hint of in F one is not going anywhere. Love to see it. Love to see it. Ladies, you know, the show's made for you. So get get ready. Get ready with the torsos as well. Uh, the word <laughs> tanagram still gives you the chills. You want to know what? False. Want to know why? Yes. Because I ordered every single fucking tanagram I could find. Did you? I'm building bridges. I'm building houses. I have the I have four different sized versions of the exact tanagram that I lost to Jarell in. I will never lose in a tanagram again. I I honestly have over three dozen tanagrams in my house. Wow. Yeah. Is it st does it still sting a little bit? Worst worst L I've ever taken in anything, to be honest, because I called my shot. You did. And we talk about Rushmore. If I had beaten him, we would have A, flipped the house on its head because CT had beaten um, 
CT had beaten Josh, right? So Josh and Darrell would have were gone. He takes Cam, right? I at that point would probably have stolen Casey. And the show's completely different. The show's completely different. It's a wrap. I, I, you know, again, not not going to assume credit for this, even though we did say this. And we know producers listen. What's up, everybody? We said we think there should be a season that you swap partners. If you win, you can steal somebody else's partner throughout the entire season. It makes it that much more entertaining. It keeps you having to be partners and on alliances with people that are not necessarily even on your team, but that you could be a partner with somebody you're not in an alliance with. It's fascinating, and I'm very glad that that happened. Well, I'm just going to say this. Strap in. Woo! Let's go. Love it. Uh, Final two questions, true or false. Does Big Brother still suck? Loaded question. I can see you thinking about it. It's going to pain me to answer this. I know. I know. Like, I knew this question was coming up. You were telling me everything earlier about you you and Josh squandering it. You're friends with Casey. Like, All right. Here's the thing. <sighs> Casey and Josh get a pass. Big Brother still sucks. True. Let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And finally, the, the question that we ask everybody that's on here, it's been a, a big hot button debate. It's one of our shirts as well. Does pineapple have a place on pizza? Sure. Yes. Okay. True. True. May not be your number one choice, but like. I don't care. People are into it. If people are into it, go for it. I'm a big whatever makes you happy guy. You want to put pineapple on your Zog? Go for it. Not for me, but, you know, I you know, you put pineapple on your pizza, then I get to drink 12 beers at dinner, Done. right? Yeah. Some people put anchovies. Don't judge me. I won't judge you. Fried egg. You know, they put weird shit on it. Like, wh- why are we, like, vilifying pineapple? You want to know what I'm a big fan of on pizza? And uh, I went to this place in New York. I forget what it was called. So this is kind of uh, shitty of me to do. But they're putting this hot honey on some of their zaz. It's like a spicy honey. See you later. Let's go. Happy. Giddy up. Phenomenal. Yeah. And I know we teased it before. We got like a minute left here. Do you have any like uh, any way to encapsulate your thoughts on The Bachelorette this season to like a minute and a minute? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I might need to come back for a full episode of Bachelorette recap, but let's do it. I'm game. You tell me when you can do it and we'll do it. It's so hard for me to watch that show because of the verbiage like they all use the same verbiage and they're all like such idiots it's i watch it with my girlfriend and i'm it's so clear that they're you talk about people that are full of shit <laughs> i can't like they're just so full of shit i can't even watch we'll, it. we'll do it because paradise starts next week as well and i love paradise yep. paradise is great i have never seen paradise but i might watch you it. gotta get in i mean listen if you love some good television and the way like we're leaning into producing some of these things, my favorite is like, there's a girl with a guy and she's like, you know what? You know, I'm happy with Mike, but you know, I'd be really happy if Zach was here. That'd be great. Cut to Zach walking in. I'm like, let's do this. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Were they all just waiting at the top of the stairs? Like, what? let's do this. Come on. They just lean into it. They got some like very like 90s nostalgic opening scene type stuff that's like a sitcom. They do a great awesome. job with it. So, yeah, we'll try to have you back midway through the season. We'll talk a little Bachelor, Bachelorette, the history of that, maybe a little Paradise if you start watching. 
Devin, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much for making time. Uh, I have now finished my beer in true fashion. My, my goal was to finish this. I don't really drink that much anymore. But in honor of you, I, I finished this. I drank for both of us since you're trying to lose some LBs. I appreciate that, my man. And, and <laughs> thank you for having me. And, uh, and good luck with the, with the rest of the season and, and who you get on here. Um, and, yeah, it was a great time, great interview. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Well, there it is, boys and girls, the Devin interview you have been waiting for. It's been building, building for years here on the podcast. And as I promised to you at the beginning of the show, we were going to talk about some changes happening to the pod this year, some new voices you might be hearing. And one of the voices you will be hearing this year is one of our new co-hosts. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mixie. Hi, Mixie. Hello. Hi. I'm so excited. Are you? You sound so excited. Oh, you have no idea. Well, welcome into the right reality. I'm I'm very happy to have you join aboard. It is an absolute honor. You have no idea. So you are a new, uh, you're a like kind of returning fan to the challenge. Just if you could talk maybe a little bit about the last time you saw the show, like what you kind of knew, because you're kind of like new in a way so you might not have any preconceived notions of who people are which might be great because we have a lot of rookies this year yes so i was doing the mental math and i think the last time i watched this show was when i was a junior in high school which was about 11 years ago so I don't even know if these people could still walk, much less compete in the challenge. <laughs> but I might maybe know some of them, but I'm, I'm kind of out of the loop. Does the name CT ring a bell? CT is the only one I remember. And then there was this girl that was beautiful. I need to study up. I, I need to be ready and on it with these names. Yes, yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like the other things you enjoy watching. Obviously, like... The reason you're here right now is because me and you have conversations about The Bachelor and Bachelorette on a regular yes. basis. And I was like, yeah, it sucks that you don't watch this show. And you're like, I, I could I could watch. Listen, if I trust your judgment on reality TV so aggressively, if you're telling me I need to watch something, that's all that I need to sign off on logging on and making sure I have this recorded and watching it every week. And and giving absolute fire takes, hot takes about what we're about to see. The hottest of hot takes, sizzling. You know, no one's really going to be prepared for my takes because I'm not going to know really what I'm talking about. But I think that's going to make it better. I'm looking at it from a different angle than everyone else. I agree. I think that's very refreshing because uh, most fans of the show are like, you know, have been watching for a very long time and we get stuck in our ways and we like certain people and we hate certain people where maybe we shouldn't, but you're going to come in with a fresh lens. Yes. Not really knowing anything about backstory and we'll, we'll give you little bits and pieces here, but I trust you because of your fire bachelor takes as well. <laughs> you know, I, I see through, can I curse on this podcast? Oh fuck. Yes, you can. Oh fuck. Yeah. Okay. I see through the bullshit of producing a reality show and there's only so much bullshit that they can feed us. So I have a feeling I'm going to be able to really see through that quickly. And I'm excited to discuss that side of it. 
in how they're portraying things, the way they're editing it, and what they're trying to tell us through those edits. I'm excited for that. And I'm excited that I don't know these people. Exactly. I think that's part of the bigger point too, right? Is like you won't be like cutting them slack because like you don't have to because you don't owe them anything. You're not like, well, I've I've supported that person for four years and they did some fucked up shit. So now I got to I guess I got to keep <laughs> defending them because I can't be wrong. Like I can't be the fucking moron here. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm excited because I I will see something or a person and they'll do one thing and that's it. That's game over for me. I am black and white on that person and that's it. So I'm going to come on here and I'll talk so much shit about somebody. And then you're going to be like, well, actually everybody likes him and you really shouldn't dislike him. And I'm going to stay on that side. You cannot convince me. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, uh, Guys, another reason that um, she has been chosen for this role is... Yes. For a very, very specific thing. And as many of you have been listening to the show for a while know, there is a very specific part of the right reality that is very important, near and dear to our hearts. And it is referred to be the Hit me with the air horn. We have the air horn blaring in this place. We don't try. We 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 like to use it where we feel like we need to use it. Well, that, I'm sure that's the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people will say it's a little extra, and I'm like, you need to calm the fuck down, sir. That's what the air horn was made for. Exactly. And the you know, I I respect somebody who respects the game. In the way you do. I appreciate that. Because not only are you a fan of the air horn, you may or may not have the air horn ready at any time by (laughs) you at any moment. True or false? I've had the air horn app downloaded on my phone for probably, (laughs) again, 10 plus years. As soon as they made it, it's like the only app that I have that when I reconnect my phone to a new phone it's like the only app that saves over because it was like the (laughs) first one i downloaded on my old phone so i always have it and it's always ready and i keep it in a spot on my phone that i could easily get to i mean i'm I'm a second and a half and i'm at the air horn oh i i i love it i it makes me very excited to know we have another uh fan of the air horn a lover of the air horn a user of the air horn game represent game I'm so excited. Let's learn a little bit more about you since some people are like, who the fuck is this girl? And I'm like, calm down. We'll tell you. <laughs> Just fucking listen while driving or at home or yeah, meditating. Whatever you do while you listen to the right reality, you know, the unofficial official official. Um, we're here to provide that content. So um, let me tell you, here's one thing that I, I know about you that I think is very important for everybody to know. Big fan of Skyline Chili. Uh, and and anyone that disagrees with that is false. I mean, if you're eating your meat that's ground to a pulp without chocolate in it, I don't know what your decision-making skills are. I don't know if I can trust you. I mean, and then the way they grade the cheese, it's not just grated cheese. It's like they flaked it off a cloud. Mm. And it's just perfectly laying there. Because it's not like shredded cheese. It's just sitting. No. It's just, ugh, it just... 
it's a cloud. I don't know. If you haven't had Skyline Chili, you need to get it. The more it looks like dog food, the better it tastes. <laughs> Which I believe is the only food that you can say that about. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another uh, thing that we we mentioned in Devin interview that you guys just heard is you know obviously a bone of contention for a lot of years on this podcast. <laughs> Brooke and I have been on differing sides for a very long time of this debate, and I don't think I actually know your answer to this yet, even though like I've known you for for a hot minute now. Um, over a year, by the way. Over a year, yeah, yeah. So our, great. Our, our friend Versary. <laughs> what are your feelings on pineapple on pizza? Okay. I I love the way this is starting because I feel like you're going to help bring the two sides of this debate together. You know, that's what I'm all about is bridging the gap. <laughs> it's all about finding that balance. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Got to find a balance. <laughs> Got to find a balance. I, when it comes to comfort food, like pizza, burgers, fries, things like that, I I don't like a ton of stuff on it. Like, I want my cheese. I want my nice marinara sauce. Maybe we'll throw some pepperonis on there. If anything, a little bit of hot sauce. Okay. I think that once you go past that, it should be called something else. Interesting. It's too fancy. Okay. So, and, and if I were if I were to be given two pizzas and one had pineapple on it and the other one did not, I would reach for the one that does not have pineapple on it. Okay. What would the other one have on it? Just like cheese? I mean, I don't know. What do people put? I've had pineapple pizza when I was drunk. Right. So I remember it not being bad, <laughs> but I also remember it being very confusing in my mouth. Okay. Okay. Hey, oh. Um, hey, oh. <laughs> That's what she said. Hey, oh. So my point, just, just to fill you in and any new listeners, my point has always been it's not my first choice. But if it's available at a party or at a CeCe's Pizza Buffet, I'm going to have it. I'm not going to not have it. I agree with that. To like be like, oh, it's disgusting. It is it it like goes against everything pizza is like it shouldn't it, it like you might as well just burn the whole establishment down where the pineapple on pizza is. I'm not about it. I'll have it. It's just not going to be my first choice. It's going to be down the line. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Give me like barbecue chicken before that. Give me buffalo chicken before that. I'll get to it, but it's not my first choice, but I don't think it should be like excommunicated from the pizza circles. I agree with you, but I still stand by my original point that like once we get past cheese, pepperoni, general meats, mm. I think it should be called something else. Got it. So is a hot dog a sandwich. <laughs> I mean Well, hold on. Let's let's say this. You, you live in New York and I know ketchup yes. on hot dog is very frowned upon in New York, correct? I mean I I don't judge anybody in this city cuz I'm scared to. These people are terrifying. <laughs> like I don't even want to look at what they do put on their hot dog because I feel like if I look at it wrong, that is a death sentence. Yes. I, I agree with you there. It, it, you're just rolling the dice on like, is today my day with the New York? Uh -huh. is, is, is this the day? And is it going to be over a hot dog? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Oh, man. Well, 
what else do you want people to know about you before we get into this? You know, Stephen, I'm a little upset that it wasn't a pre-written out question, that this isn't the first thing that you came at me with. Oh, I know where this is going already, and I was I well, was hoping like to lead you in this? gently into this. Listen, everyone that's listening, I have one passion and one passion only, and it's B-Movie <laughs> by Jerry Seinfeld. And if you haven't seen it, I really, really, really need you to go sit down on the couch, open Netflix, because it's on Netflix, and it's been on Netflix, because I watch it every day. (laughs) You need to watch it. And I'm not kidding you. It is life-changing. And if you watched it when you were younger, you need to watch it as an adult. The man is a genius. Also, you know, animated bees are being treated terribly, and it's something that people need to discuss more, and I'm very passionate about it. Uh, you guys think, you might be sitting there going, is she serious? Does she, is she serious about this? Oh, she's, she's dead serious. You don't understand. I have artwork in my home that has B-movie all over it. <laughs> There's actually a, a doormat that I made. That has Barry B. Benson on it, and it says "Welcome to the Hive." This is my life. It's it's a it's a it's a lifestyle choice, definitely. And, and you know what? Before before you go judging me, Renee Zellweger, Academy Award winning <laughs> Renee Zellweger, is the lead in this movie, alongside Jerry Seinfeld. Oprah Winfrey's in it. What more could you want? I mean. I don't even want to tell you all the people that are in it because it's not fair. It, the cast is, it's, it's not fair. And and honestly, I think that's why they didn't get any awards for this because it was our, the odds were stacked against everybody else. So they couldn't even nominate it because it just couldn't be, it wasn't fair. It's like the Simone Biles situation. They had it stacked against B movie. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, you know what I, you know what I really like, and some some old school listeners of this podcast are thinking right now. I like this girl. She gets the show already because she's already doing one of the Steve things, which is Steve's conspiracy corner. Oh yes, uh, which is sometimes a regular segment on the show where I just go full conspiracy corner on the show and and, and thoughts about things. Oh. Fuck yeah, I'm all in on that. So, like, guys, you just had your very first Mixie's Conspiracy Corner. Well, so, first of all, that wasn't a conspiracy. That's all complete and utter fact. But outside of that, I'm down to make conspiracies. Love it. Uh, that's that's what that's about. <laughs> this show is about hot takes, conspiracies, and air horns. Abs- oh, I'm, it's an honor to be here. Really, truly, it is. If you're not ready for our new fucking season, buckle the fuck up. <laughs> Because we are coming. We've had a break. We're ready to get going. We have new voices on the podcast. It's going to be epic. Here's what I want you to do. You're still listening. Tell them. The music hasn't played yet. The music, the outro music hasn't started yet. You can't hear it anymore. But you got to tell them, though. You got to tell them real good. Here's what you got to do. If you support this choice, if you're excited about hearing Mixie's takes, I need you to go to iTunes right now. I need you to write a review. And in that review... You need to put, do you like jazz as part? I need you to work in the quote, do you like jazz, which is a quote from B-movie. I need you to work that in to your review. 
telling me you're excited. And if you've already left a review on iTunes, I appreciate it. I like it. You're going to go. You're going to tweet at us that you like jazz. You're going to go to the Hot Takes Hotties page. You're going to say, hey, I like jazz. You're going to go to our Instagram. Yeah. And you're going to DM us and you say you like jazz. You like jazz. (laughs) That's what we're bringing this season. I hope you guys are ready for it. And we will see you in a few days time. Woo! Excited. See you later. Bye. Bye.